Welcome to Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast. All of the material discussed on our podcasts have specific themes, and that's to move your wealth and lifestyle forward, increase your purpose, and provide you with clarity and confidence. Opus's mantra is always forward. We have found that regardless of one's wealth, moving your lifestyle forward is the number one priority for our clients. On our podcasts, we'll share our rich 35 years of experience in designing strategies, share clients' experiences, and introduce resources that have positively impacted our clients. We trust that you will enjoy our direct, transparent, and realistic approach to positively impacting the quality of you and your family's lives. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Opus Well Style Podcast. My name is Yvonne Watsnabi and here with my partner, Evan Wall. Evan, what's going on, man? How are you? Doing great. How are you doing? Getting ready for your uh, big vacation? I am. I'm very excited and nervous. So bringing a 16-month-old on a flight for the first time is uh, is a little nerve-wracking. <laughs> she'll, uh, she'll be yeah, fine. Fingers crossed. I don't know about you, but she'll be fine. Yeah, Exactly. Well, we're super excited to have on today, Gideon Akande, Gideon fellow, Holy Cross Crusader. It's good to see you, my brother. I'm really excited to have you on. Just for you, the listening audience, uh, those who don't already know Gideon, uh, Gideon's a two-time Chicago Golden Gloves champ. So those are the two belts in the background. I'm also Men's Health Next top trainer, competition winner, and uh, just overall great guy and fitness inspiration to to a lot of us. So I'm, I'm psyched to have you on, man. Welcome. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I'm super pumped to chat with you. It's been a while. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, just for the record, it's three times Chicago. Gold Gold. <laughs> hey, who's counting? You, who's counting? Dude, well, where, one, where so we got to find the third belt. The third belt has <laughs> right. to be back there. And then your website needs to get updated. I love it, man. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Of course, that's, I appreciate you, brother. That's awesome. 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 So, you know, honestly, we just wanted to have you on because we're, we're constantly trying to find great subject matter experts and things um, that we think the listening audience really cares about. And in this case, fitness, nutrition, and, and I've known you for a long time and got to see sort of your path to where you are today. So I figured maybe we just kick it off and tell the audience a little bit more about you, sort of, you know, what you're up to, how you got to this place and really, you know, what, what sort of set you off. Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity to kind of share my background, my story, and of course, have this conversation with you. Um, I mean, I'm going to spare us a lot of time, but the short and long of it is born and raised in Chicago. We have always been athletic my entire life in in terms of loving sports, participating in sports. In high school, I ran track, I played football, I wrestled, and I received a scholarship to play football at College of the Holy Cross, where we both attended together, Um, you know, maybe a year or two difference between us. Um, and uh, I graduated with a political science degree, came back to Chicago, worked in sales for four and a half years, wasn't fulfilled doing that. I knew I needed to do something else that was more in line with what I was passionate about. I knew it needed to be something along the lines of health, uh, sports, fitness, something where I'm moving my body on a day-to-day basis while still interacting with people, which I love to do. So I started to embark on my career as a personal trainer, made that transition, wasn't sure what it was going to look like or how it was going to work. but From then, I had such amazing opportunities to do so many things in the realm of fitness across the world. So personal trainer, group fitness instructor. I'm also a brand ambassador, having worked with different brands in many capacities, including online streaming platforms and showcasing my talents by motivating people through brand partnerships, in addition to in-person fitness festivals and, and traveling from city to city, state to state, and even country to country, filming workouts or leading workouts uh, to large groups of people. So 
Uh, long and short is I love athletics. I love sports. I love fitness. I love exercise. And I hope I can share that gift with as many people as possible to motivate them to be their best selves. I yeah, love for that. sure. And where, where was the boxing in there? Oh, the, see, I told you, I, I forget some things every now and again. Yeah. Uh, so six years into my personal training journey and about seven, eight years after I was done playing collegiate sports, I knew I wanted to get back into competition. And, you know, I love contact sports. And of course, after a certain while, you can't really play football anymore. You know, you have to have 11 people on your team, at least 11 people on the other team. You got to have referees. You have to have lots of space. You have to have equipment. So, all right, how can I get into contact sports and, and find a way to do so on my terms and my timeline? And you can always go to the gym by yourself. You can always hit a bag by yourself. You can always put in some road work and run miles by yourself, shadow box, et cetera. So making the transition to boxing was a seamless transition for me. And uh, interestingly enough, as a personal trainer, you have a chance to work with other personal trainers who are experts in their craft. And I had a couple of other colleagues of mine who were working with their clients and they would do boxing here and there. They would do some light sparring and I would jump in every now and again. And they were like, hey, you actually got some skill with this. If you were interested, you should certainly like explore it. And I knew I wanted to find something where I can train for. I always love having a goal, something to work towards. And uh, that's when I made the transition into boxing and uh, found out that I actually have a knack for it. And uh, next thing you know, I got a couple of championships and some great experiences from the sport. That's wild. Do you still boxing? I still box. I don't compete anymore, but you'll always okay. find me in a boxing gym, jumping yeah. ropes, shadow boxing, even in this space or outdoors um, in Chicago. So on Lake Michigan, there, there's never a place where you won't find me letting my hands fly. It's always wild to me when someone takes up a sport or an athlete, or like yeah, a sport later in life, and they just suddenly become incredible at it. Like uh, <laughs> I think uh, I'm a golfer, so I think Gary Woodland like didn't uh, didn't start golfing until he was like in his late 20s, early 30s, and is a major championship. Like it's wild to me. Yeah, but, uh, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's I think it's interesting too. Um, you know, some people are just born with certain gifts, and they are fortunate to find those gifts early and often, and they ride that way for the rest of their lives. Some people, I would even argue, would be terrible if they found that sport earlier. They needed to be in the right mindset. Yeah, their yeah. body needed to mature or to loosen up before they got into it. So, you know, it, it's very fascinating to find out how you know what depending on your age, depending on your circumstances, whatever the case is, you are finding what you are supposed to do and where you're supposed to be the time you are supposed to find it. So I love that message. Yeah. There, there's so I mean, I know so many stories of young golfing phenoms that were supposed to be the next Tiger Woods and just and just fizzled out just because, you know, whatever they, they got burnt out at a young age. So 100%. Hundred yeah. percent. I mean, we see it all the time when we look at the the NFL and the NBA and other mm -hmm. sports too. When you call a when you call out a bust, right? Yeah. Someone who had all of this hoopla that was drafted number one, and then next thing you know, two or three years later, they're out of the league because they mentally couldn't handle it, because they physically couldn't handle it, yeah. uh, or a combination of the both. Um, you know, it's it's always fascinating to see how those things can become reality. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super curious about sort of what you found to be the most effective as you sort of train normal people for their fitness. Obviously it's taken on more of a global impact, but when you first started personal training, like what are the things that, you know, you recommended to people? Are there certain consistent things that you said, Hey, listen, everybody should be doing X. Everybody should be doing Y just like as a baseline. What, how is your, your, uh, your information or your, your input into those individual sessions going? 
Yes, absolutely. So we all have our own goals. We all have our own dreams, our desires, what we want for our body, what we want for our mind, what we want for our future, whether it be physical, career-based or otherwise. But one thing I know for sure is we all want to improve and we all want the fast track to, to success. And oftentimes it looks very different for us all, especially when it comes to health and wellness and fitness. It's a very personal journey, hence the term personal training. So in a proper personal training setting, you should be working with a coach, a professional who is going to make adjustments based off of the success you're seeing or not seeing to help you get to where you want to be. Now, like I said, everyone's goals are completely different. Somebody may want to put on mass. Someone else may want to lose mass. Uh, someone may want to be more athletic and perform well in their sport. Someone may want to look good when they're on the beach, right? So depending on what your goals are, are going to change the tracks that you take. However, I will stay consistent in the sense that everyone should have a strong core and everyone should be able to move their body in a functional manner. Mm -hmm. And when I say a functional manner, it means being able to be strong, confident in our day-to-day -day activities. When you are picking up your 16-year-old, uh, holding on to your child with one arm and then putting the, the luggage in the overhead compartment, you should feel strong through your core. You should feel strong in your right arm as you're carrying your baby. You should feel strong in your left arm as you're lifting that suitcase above head. So being able to uh, adjust your training to simulate similar movements that you would do on a day-to-day -day basis so that you can be strong in those movements is key. Now, I'm not a fan of all of the, I'm trying to go viral videos where I have a tire in, right, in my right arm, I have a chain in my left arm, <laughs> and I'm dragging a sled with my right leg. It doesn't need to be that crazy, but you should have some variability with your training um, and approach it in a way that's going to have you feeling strong in all of your day-to-day -day activities. I think I saw a video of a guy doing, I wanna say it was either chin-ups or pull-ups uh, with like a couch on his back or something <laughs> random. Like it was just some absurd video. I know When would you want to or need to be able to do that? You know, I guess that he can is pretty cool, but I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I'm that's sort of my destination, right? Um, and, and that's the thing too. I mean, especially in today's day and age when it comes to social media, I know the exact video that you're talking about. As a matter of fact, uh, that athlete has, I don't know, maybe 10, 15, 20 more just like it, the most absurd things you would ever see. Completely an athlete can do amazing things with, with his body, but I also know that this is not the way that this person trains. They're doing it yeah. for the views, they're doing it for the likes. Mm -hmm. It's almost tongue in cheek. Yeah. Um, you know, you're gonna share it, you're gonna pass it along to friends and family. And at the end of the day, they're not training like that with the intention of having them be better at lifting couches and, you know, and doing pull-ups with chains and this, that, and the third. They're just kind of having some fun with the fact that that's what we all look for. We all wanna be motivated by the sometimes the most absurd things you can find. Yeah, definitely. And, and how, when you're, when you're doing your training, how important do you think it is for somebody to have a specific goal in mind and, you know, whether that's weight loss or muscle mass or body fat percentage or whatever it might be like, you know, I just want to be able to carry my daughter, my daughter and not have any, you know, back pain or something like that. Like how important is it as you train those athletes to have a specific goal in mind? I think it's very important. And I think it's not important at all. And the reason why I say that is because depending on what your goals are and depending on where you are in your fitness journey will determine what you need to inspire you, to motivate you and to shoot for. So for instance, if I am just getting started, if I am just moving and for the first time getting off of the couch, I may not need to set specific goals. I may not even know what kind of goals I can accomplish. So oftentimes people set goals that are often too lofty for themselves. And if they don't reach them or don't make any type of progress, they don't see it, they don't feel it, they're 
oftentimes discouraged. And mm -hmm. next thing you know, they're back on the couch or they're back to doing whatever they were doing prior to. So what I would say is do something, do anything. And if you want to call that a goal, sure we can. But I think when we talk of goals, we usually look at specific measures, specific metrics. So I say go out, do something that you enjoy. If that means you're playing with your child, play with your child. If you are going for a walk, take a walk. Maybe it's dancing, right? A lot of people think that, oh, well, that's not exercise. Anything that's moving your body that has your heart rate elevating and decreasing is a type of movement and does benefit your body in some way, shape, or form. So do the things that you enjoy, do it more and more often. And then I would say it's important to have a goal when you are shooting for a specific metric, you understand what your body can do, you understand how to push your body appropriately and safely, and, and you want to have something that's more lofty, you wanna have something that's gonna be challenging yet attainable, then we can start to set specific goals. And those goals can be as specific as, I want to weigh a certain amount, which is what most people are targeting, or I want to feel a certain way, or I want to change my mood, I wanna change my diet, I wanna change uh, my energy levels, I wanna feel better, I wanna sleep deeper. There's so many ways for you to set goals that don't have to be what you look like or what the scale says. And evaluating that as part of your overall goal perspective is very important. Do you have, do you have tr any tricks for, maintaining motivation when times get tough. And and I also, and my follow-up question is like, I love what you said about mood and energy. Like what can you do there to, to help focus on, on improving that? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple of things when it comes to motivation, motivation is fleeting. Motivation mm -hmm. is going to come. Motivation is going to go. Uh, but one thing that's going to stay true is your why. And the reason why you are getting started, if you come back to that, you usually can jumpstart and re-energize yourself. So maybe you are doing it for reasons as such as your doctor says you have to in order mm -hmm. for you to live the life that you want to live and to maintain your quality of life and to get off certain medications and to just stay alive, right? So it can maybe be as simple as that. And, and that may be necessary a fear that's going to be driving that motivation. Sometimes it's going to be, you know what, I have a specific date in mind. My wedding is coming up. I have a vacation coming up, right? We all have those vanity goals that we may want to hit. And that is going to be the reason why we push at least to that date. Mm -hmm. So how do you overcome past that date or when motivation uh, leaves you because it's raining outside and traffic is going to be 45 minutes to get there? It's motivation is going to be gone. So mm -hmm. when motivation is gone, consistency is what remains. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we have to find ways to stay consistent by giving ourselves a carrot or setting up the circumstances to push us to continue to do the activity that we know is important. One way to do that is to find a community. If you find a community of people who are like you, who are going through the same challenges, who are at the same fitness level, they are going to encourage you to continue to do more and to do better, right? They'll be calling you like, hey, you're still coming, right? Um, you know, they'll ask you, hey, we didn't see you yesterday. Is everything cool? Um, so you know that you have somebody that's going to hold you accountable. Um, spending money, meaning you are spending money on a coach. Mm -hmm. You're yep. spending money on a gym. Uh, I don't know about you, but I hate seeing my money go down the drain. I think you mm -hmm. are, you're all wealth-minded uh, mm -hmm. gents here. Um, so you would understand that, all right, you know what? This is not a wise spend of my money. So let me at least, because it's already gone, get the value out of it by showing up to the facility, showing up to the training session and staying on track for, for these goals that I have. Those are two great ways to just maintain your consistency and then motivation will come back, especially if you are seeing results and seeing success. 
And that's going to be my third way to, to stay on the train is to set yourself up to see the success you're looking for. So you do that by going to sleep early. And this is kind of leading into your second question, how we can affect mood and energy. Mm -hmm, going mm -hmm. to sleep at an appropriate time is key. I mean, oftentimes we think, you know what, we burn the midnight oil, we're working hard, we're working towards that promotion, and all of that is great. But if you don't have the energy to put into your work, whether it be the physical work you're doing as a profession or the physical work you're doing for your overall health, well, then you are slowing down your efficiency. You are slowing down the ability for you to get to your goals at a faster rate. So taking that time and getting to bed a little bit early, maybe even waking up a little bit early as a result of that renewed energy allows you to start the day earlier. So you're getting to, to work before those emails start to set up. And then if you are pushing through on your last set, you got more energy in the tank because you listened to your body and you went to sleep the night before and you have a, just a normal and, and, and improved sleeping track record. And then when it comes to food, what you put into your body is certainly going to affect your mood, right? Mm -hmm. You think of someone who's having your diet colas or your, or your energy beverages. Well, there's always going to be that crash. You may have that boost initially, but then that crash comes and it hits you hard and you're falling asleep at your desk at three o'clock. Whereas if you're eating nutrition, nutritious food, you're having three to five meals a day, you're snacking appropriately and you're eating the right things, your energy levels become sustainable. And sustainable means you're consistent throughout your day. You're able to maintain an output and a level of work that's going to get you to where you want to be. So um, staying consistent always comes back to the root cause of most success is doing the right things over and over again for progress. Yeah. I, I think what you, you touched on something earlier that sort of has been pointed out to me recently is, is sort of what's going to keep you accountable, right? And some yeah. people are great at keeping themselves accountable and some people really need that external motivation, right? And for me, if I make it public that I'm going to do something in, in my circle of friends or whoever, right? I tell my wife, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to do just about anything to make sure that it gets done. But if I tell myself I'm going to do something, the success rate may be 75% instead of 100% if I yeah. tell an external source. So really, I feel like maybe trying to understand how to keep yourself accountable has always been helpful for me, at least. I don't know what your take is on that. I, I agree with you 100%. Um, I will say this, putting it out there into the universe, telling your friends, family, and strangers, telling coworkers what you are doing, what your goal is, and putting it out there provides a level of external pressure that may not even necessarily be there. But when you feel it, you think that, okay, I told these people, I told those people, they know what I'm working on. They're yeah. probably going to ask me how it's going. You don't yeah. want to be a liar, right? There's that cognitive dissonance yeah. in there. Where, you know what? I need to show up and do these things because I put it out there. Otherwise, I'm going to be seen as a liar. I'm going to be seen as a fraud. I'm going to be seen as a hypocrite. And, and that can be a way to externally motivate yourself. Now, I would say this. You have to know the type of person you are. If you are going to go into every situation now feeling like people are watching you and you're paranoid now and it's not necessarily the best for your your mental health mm -hmm. well that's maybe not the approach to take but if you're the type of person who's type a like i like metrics <laughs> i like being held accountable i want to do these things and know that people are checking in on me then that may be a great way to do that um speaking of i embarked on a very similar journey at the beginning of this year i call it project 365 mm -hmm. and project 365 was a commitment that i made to myself that in the year 2023, this year, for every single day, 
I am going to move for at least 15 minutes. And the reason why I set this goal for myself and the reason why I put it out there into the internet and why I do a daily minute, minute, 30 second blog on what I did for my movement is because I noticed that at the end of last year, even as a fitness professional, even though it's my job, I found that, you know what, I wasn't exercising as regularly or as, consistent, as consistently as I wanted to. As an entrepreneur, you're always fighting for your, your next opportunity. You're always trying to set yourself up for a big goal. I also had a seven, eight month old at the time, right? So I'm navigating the world um, as a first time dad and what that looks like. So I saw my fitness and career by way of my actual showing up for my personal fitness starting to fall to the wayside. So I'm like, you know what? Let me set a goal for myself. This year, I wanna move every single day for at least 15 minutes. And the reason why I set that goal of 15 minutes is as I mentioned before, your, your goals have to be accountable. They have to be challenging, but you, you have to be, uh, be able to accomplish them, right? So what I said to myself was, you know what? 15 minutes, I can commit to that. And it can be 15 minutes of any type of movement. People get scared when they hear exercise. They think it has to be super strenuous. They feel it has to be a barbell over your head. It has to be, you know, overdoing it. No, 15 minutes for me oftentimes looks like a run. And, and usually that 15 minute run feels so good that 15, mess, 15 minute session feels so great that it ends up being 30 or 45 or an hour once I get going. So 15 minutes can look like a run, it can look like a walk, it can look like any type of concentrated effort from yoga to boxing to pick up basketball. As long as I dedicate that time to me moving my body, it counts as my Project 365. What I don't count in my situation is if I am walking to the grocery store or if I am you know, doing something that's just part of my daily task and not a concentrated effort to just move during that 15 minute time frame, I don't count that. And what I found is that first day of the year, second day of the year, third day of the year, you feel good. I can do this, no problem. When you get to the 75th day of the year, the 78th day of the year, it's like, man, I signed up for 365, am I crazy? But then I always remember and I always remind myself that I'm only worried about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't mm -hmm. worry about next week. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about August. Don't worry about December. Worry about today and what you have to do today. And once you take care of that, you've taken care of that. And it's almost like, you know, you hear a basketball player or a football player or any sport for that matter. You know what? We're focusing on the next game. We're, we're not worried about the playoffs. We're not worried about the championships. We just want to win this upcoming game. And that's the same approach I'm taking because it provides that lofty goal to be more attainable by looking at it in bite-sized chunks and specifically in daily chunks for me to attack and, and, and hopefully come out of the other end doing exactly what I set out to do in the beginning of the year. Yeah, I love that. I've been That's following awesome. along. It's uh, it's super interesting and, <clears throat> and I'm excited for you. I'll have to uh, I'll have to embark on a similar challenge soon. Maybe I'll maybe I'll take you up on it. Oh, I'm make, glad you brought that happen, up. Brother. I think uh, <laughs> I think today's the first day. I know, right? 365. I love it. 365 right now. I love it. I love it. Why not? Why not? You mentioned you mentioned nutrition um, as sort of a core part of of an, of an overall sort of um, health goal. You know, there's so much information. I mean, so much information about different diets or different. You know, you should be fasting. You shouldn't be fasting. You should be eating a ton of protein. You shouldn't be eating. Like, how do you, for an, for an average person just trying to be healthier, like what what do you recommend for those people and how to wade through all that information? You know, I'm like. There are times when I'm like doing intermittent fasting and then other times where I'm, I'm having a breakfast before I lift in the morning. Should I be eating before my workout after my it's 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 impossible to wade <laughs> through all of this information to actually understand what's applicable to me and my goals. Yeah, 
A hundred percent. You know what? I'm, I'm going to flip this. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, what career path should I take? What do you like to do? Okay, cool. So I like to do this, that, and the third. What would you recommend from there? I have no idea. Okay. I mean, and, and that, that's fair. I mean, I'm not really giving you a great example here, but you said, hey, what do you like to do? So if I told you that your best nutrition hack would be intermittent fasting, and you told me that if I feel a single hunger pain ever in my body, I am miserable, I am unhappy, this is not the world I wanna be in, my, I don't wanna be around my family, I don't function, my head hurts, uh, my stomach has pains. If I told you that that was my reaction to fasting scenarios, would you think that intermittent fasting would be best for me? No. Now, my body may respond very well from that intermittent fasting, but the chances are, and always coming back to that word consistency, mm -hmm. chances are at some point in time, I'm gonna fall off of that train, whether it be after the first week, the first month or the first year, just because my systems, my energy, my experiences don't jive with that, I'm probably gonna step away from it. You know, going back to my analogy of like, hey, what should I do as a profession? You said, well, you know, what do you like? All right, cool. So let's find some things that I enjoy doing. Hey, I really love meat. Right. So maybe I want to look towards a paleo diet and see if that paleo diet actually works well with my body. Um, if somebody likes, you know, uh, greens or somebody likes, you know, salads and and they, they like fish. All right. Well, maybe we can look at some like pescatarian diets or Mediterranean diets. We can find something that lines up with what they do and who they are and what they enjoy to hopefully put them on a system of consistency that allows them to see the progress that they're looking for. Now, at the end of the day, if you put me on a paleo diet, it may work great for me. If I put you on a paleo diet, it may not work great for you. If I put Evan on a paleo diet, it may be somewhere in the middle. And you can mix and match all of those different types of diets and all of those plans and see wildly different results for many different people. So like I said, nutrition, exercise is very unique. It's very personal to us all, depending on our blood work, depending on where we come from, from a cultural standpoint, depending on where we are in our fitness journeys, uh, whether you are male or female, like all of this stuff is going to play a role into how your body reacts or doesn't react to those systems. So it's gonna be a trial and error type situation. Got it. Start, start with something, it's a plan. And I want people to think of diets as, as not necessarily restrictions, but they're plans. And some plans can be set in place and followed with small deviations and small changes to them to make it more appropriate for you. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about the consistency of whatever you decide to do. So like I said before, when I recommend that somebody get started with exercise, I tell them do something that you enjoy, do something that you love and just stick to that. And if you do something that you love, chances are you're gonna keep coming back to it because it's something that makes you happy. Same thing with the diet. Start with something that you can find appropriate, find something that you can do and do it consistently and see if your body improves from that. If your mood improves, your energy improves, your sleep improves, your blood profile improves, if your body weight changes to the way that you want it, if you have energy during your exercise and throughout the course of the day and you're enjoying it, chances are you're probably doing the right things here, right? There's no reason for you not to continue doing that if everything is lining up. And if something isn't lining up or it's going in the opposite direction, well, then maybe we make a switch there or here. It doesn't have to be a drastic change, but find something that is gonna help you get to where you wanna be. And then I'll say this as well too, just like fitness, when it comes to nutrition and you just can't figure it out, there are always professionals that are out there to help you, right? So the same way, I may not be able to balance my budget. I need to get somebody who's 
is well-versed in wealth management mm-hmm. and can give me more direction, I hire that professional. Same thing with exercise, same thing with nutrition. If you can't just figure it out for yourself, there are tons of people out there that are more certified, more accredited, and more experienced that can put you in the right place. That's yeah, all, gr- all great advice. So obviously, uh, depending upon uh, personal circumstances, every everyone's different. Mm-hmm. I uh, do fasting for... I don't know, from what, eight, eight, 7 p.m. To, to 12 p.m. the next day. And my completely unprofessional take on it is <laughs> I think it'll, I think it'll help with my longevity, but it's not, it's probably not the best thing for if my focus was to have a six pack or maintain a six pack. And, and that's total guess. That's just like my, my thought on it. But my, my why is my longevity is like, I want to be here for, you know, as long as possible. And I care a little less about a six pack and more about living a long time. So that's, uh, that's why I, that's why I do it, but I don't know if it's true or correct or not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's another great point that you bring up. Um, a couple of points that I actually want to make off of that is your goals are going to dictate what works for you. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking to put on muscle mass and you're not eating protein and you're not lifting heavy, you're, you're, um, your actual behavior is not going to supplement what your mm-hmm. goals are. So you make those adjustments based off of where you want to be. Now, I also say this too, when it comes to, to fasting, I'm sure there's times of the day, times of the month, times of the year that are that work well for you and mm-hmm. times that just don't. I'm, I'm assuming the holidays may be terrible, right? There, yeah, there's no question that there's, I'm not like <laughs> 365, never eat till 12 p.m. Some yeah. weekends it's 11, 1130. If it's a, it's up from with my buddies, like, yeah, it's yeah. not hard and fast. Right. And so there goes my point as well, too. Right. We, we have our physical bodies and we have our physical health. We also have our mental health, our social mm-hmm. health. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think of what COVID did to not only teenagers, high schoolers, but everyone, you know, we enjoy as people camaraderie. We enjoy mm-hmm. being around family, being around friends and having those experiences. If you are so miserable in your fitness journey or your nutrition journey that you are don't want to be around people. Uh, chances are it's not going to be great for your social or your mental health. If you are dreading, you know, meeting up for the holidays or dreading or putting additional pressure on yourself to stay away from the turkey or the cranberry sauce, like chances are that's not going to to be great for your overall health and wellness. And I want people to think that uh, think of your health and think of your fitness journey as the stock market. If you have a stock, you anticipate that the stock is going to go up and down and up and down on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. What you hope for is that you are always trending positively upward, right? You always want that upward slope. So same thing with your journey. Anticipate there's going to be some days where it's just not working, some weeks where it's just going the opposite direction, some months even where you're not trending where you want to. But as long as you're able to get back on track, find some consistency, enjoy those spurts of success while always trending upward, you're doing the right things. I love it. I love it. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that's really interesting about just watching your career evolve over time from sales again to, to sort of this, this fitness uh, expert, tell us a little bit about how have the partnerships worked for you and how the, like that space and, and what are the things that you're constantly looking at as you, you know, you are your own brand at this point, right? Getting a Conde is an entire brand. Now you have an app and you're, you get this project 365. And again, like, what are the things that you're thinking about as you continue to grow yourself and your brand and the things that you, you know, want to be cognizant of? Yeah, it, it's very interesting how the world has changed, especially with the introduction of social media um, and the sorts where that started to rise in the beginning of my career. 
um, when I first made the transition to personal training, what I always wanted to do was be myself. And when social media, specifically Instagram first came out, you know, as a fitness professional, just my day-to-day -day life, I was recording what I was doing. And it wasn't for the intention of getting likes. I mean, that wasn't even a big thing just yet. Even at the introduction, people were just kind of posting pictures of randomness. Um, there was no way to monetize it at the time. Brands weren't using it to find whoever they were going to be working with. So it was very much in its infancy stages compared to where it is now. And I remember specifically just kind of recording what I was doing. It was a very natural flow and people gravitated towards what I was doing. They gravitated towards the exercises. They were asking questions about it. I would also post, you know, when my next back boxing match was, I would post, you know, pictures of my family and pictures of my friends. So people got an understanding of who I was as a person, um, who I was as a fitness professional, and they were engaging with me because they felt a connection in some way, shape or form, whether we knew each other from the days and years past or whether it's because they just enjoyed my energy and who I was presenting myself to be online. And then of course, there was the boom of, of being able to make money online, being able to sell products online, being able to drive business to other brands online, making you know what they now call the social media influencer. And during that time, myself included, everyone was trying to find a way to go viral. Someone that was trying to get a way to get to a million views, to get a million uh, likes, to increase their engagement so that they were more appealing to whoever they could potentially do business with, right? So there was this mad rush of posting things that made no sense, posting things without rhyme or reason, posting things that were scandalous even, or borderline unsafe to get that type of engagement. And I certainly got caught into that whole melee of, of, of nonsense. So at that time, I also got caught into the melee of just putting things out there for the sake of having them go viral. And then after a while, you start to realize that it's very inauthentic. And it's very stressful to come up with the most random things that don't necessarily sit well with who you are as a person and, and who you present yourself to be when the cameras are off, so to speak, or in your day-to-day -day life. So I got back to just posting who I was and being more natural with it. If I was doing an exercise or a workout or I was going to a place or, or, or engaging with people, I would essentially just capture my life and share whatever I felt comfortable sharing on social media. And I felt that when I did that, I mean, as I continue to do that, that's when I get the most authentic engagement, um, as opposed to randoms who may be coming onto my page, seeing something and, and engaging with it in that way. And they, I think that's the biggest part and the biggest takeaway when it comes to working with brands and, and working with, uh, or having the opportunity to drive business through your social media platforms is that people want to see someone who's authentic mm -hmm. and people can very quickly tell if you are inauthentic. Mm -hmm. So how I present myself now versus how I used to present myself, what I do, what I showcase, it, it drives me the most value because I'm very, very unique in who I am and we're all very unique in who sure. we are. And we just all want to connect with people in their truest forms. And if we present that out there, we increase our chances of success compared to otherwise. Love that. It's, it's such a positive message. And I imagine you would kill any interview. You just said, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, being able to watch Gideon and knowing Gideon back in college, like this is, you are exactly who you are, right? You present yourself now on social media exactly who we know you to be, right? It just, you know, getting to see your family, getting to see you exercise and just, you know, but not only that, just your engagement with other people and, 
I think one of the things that I find unique about it is like the workouts with other fitness professionals, right? Like just saying, Hey, listen, like check out my buddy's gym over here. Or, you know, those types of things I think are just, again, just what makes you uniquely you and, and, um, and, and, uh, and I'm excited to watch it. It's, it's been awesome. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. One thing that I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, one thing that I really pride myself on is being out in the field, right? So I'm a fitness professional. Yes but I'm also a fitness consumer. I'm also a class participant. Uh, I'm in there figuring things out just like everyone else is. And, and I put myself in positions to be a beginner all the time mm. and in classes and situations mm. where I am not the expert. And I want to know and I want to embrace the feelings of being a beginner, starting something new, failing, failing again, getting back up, getting back up and, and really use that not only to further develop myself, but also to make me a better coach. So as I'm working with other people and they may be struggling or may not be doing as great as they would like to, I know those feelings. I know those sensations. I know how to better support it. So um, being out there gives me a chance to become a better professional. Yes. To engage with my community and hopefully we all rise together. Love it. Well, Gideon, listen, man, we've uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, it's great to catch up with you. I'm sure it's been super valuable for those seeing audience. It's definitely been valuable for me. Mm -hmm. Is there any one particular thing that you want to make sure that you sort of the audience kind of takes away? Any one thing that we haven't talked about that you want to highlight? Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's so many things. <laughs> to be honest, we may have to come back and do a part two. Yeah, man. Um, but I, I want everyone to know, and I think I may have touched on this a little bit earlier, is that wherever you are, that's where you're supposed to be. It's all good. What you do next is the most important part. So don't worry about the last five years. Cool. We'll chalk that up to the game. Now it's time to move forward. What are you going to do today? What are you going to do tomorrow that's going to help you improve your life, improve the life of the people around you, and have you working towards your best self? I love it. I love it, man. Well, re I really appreciate you again. Where can the audience find out more about what you are up to, all the different things that you're, so you have going on? Yes, thank you for asking. My social media platform, my handles are Get Fit with Giddy, G-E-T-F-I-T-W-I-T-H. G-I-D-D-Y. And then you can also join me on my website where you can see all of my upcoming in events in person and uh, streaming as well as my app information at GideonAconde.com. G-I-D-E-O-N-A-K-A-N-D-E.com. Gideon, man, I appreciate you. Uh, thanks so much for being on, Evan. Always great to have uh, a good conversation with you as well. Thank you both. This is a good one. Thanks, Gideon. Awesome. And uh, to you, the listening audience, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to click subscribe below so we can notify you when Gideon's back on and when we have other uh, episodes launched. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Style Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Opus Private Client, and opinions stated are their own. Yvonne Watanabe and Evan Wool are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Yvonne's California Insurance License Number 084426. 
Evans California Insurance License Number 0H04936. Compliance Approval 2023-157120 expires June 2025.